0: I can get to work feeling uneasy, feeling distraught, feeling distressed, feeling whatever, just in a bad, foul mood. And I have every right, Vince, at least as an American citizen, to bring my lousy, rotten, terrible attitude right into that workplace. I can try to bring them down as well. I don't even have to try. My, my attitude will do that. Or,
1: or we have other options. Welcome to the Hive Podcast. My name is Vincent Boujour, and you're listening to the last episode of season number one. We have been sharing powerful stories, best practices, and a lot of helpful tricks and tools for missional entrepreneurs, and today's episode is no exception. We are talking about conflict, how to prevent it, how to resolve it, and how we can become more efficient at our workplace, how we can reach our customers, uh, avoiding conflict, not only with our colleagues, but also with other people around us. Now, our guest is Ron Price. He's an author, speaker, and as I read on his website, he's also a humorist. Now, that that is very interesting. I, I wanted to ask him at the very beginning, what's that all about?
0: Vince, I gave a talk for a local chamber of commerce. They had their annual... Celebration dinner or whatever, and the lady introduced me. I hadn't prepped her with anything. She just said, "Our speaker tonight is Ron Price, author, speaker, and humorist." And Vince, as soon as she said that, I went, "Yeah, that's who I am." We don't laugh enough, we don't sleep enough, and we don't laugh enough. Well, I, I can't help people with their sleeping, but, but I do like to entertain audiences and and individuals. I'll. I'll walk into a store and people come up to me and say, can I help you? I put on my most serious look and say, do you have psychiatric training? <laughs> and they laugh. And as they back away in abject terror, I say, that's all right. Where can I find whatever? Uh, again, we don't laugh enough. Then so that's, that's one of my favorite callings is humorous. Let's laugh more. Laughter in the good book says is a good medicine.
1: Yes, that's right. Wow. Amazing. Now, that's not only what you're doing, although that's a very beautiful and important aspect of what you are doing and who you are. Um, you are helping people in and outside the workplace to resolve conflict. And uh, today we want to talk about the very thing that we talk about not too often, actually, that's that's conflict, right? We have to deal with it. It's happening, but we're not really talking about it. Now, you try to, to bring this topic up, you talk about it, and you also... um. Give people practical tools how to deal with it. Now, why do we why does conflict occur in the workplace? That's what I'm thinking right now. I mean, we know conflict is there like in the marriage and in the family, like we just have to live with each other sometimes, right? But like in the workplace, like can't we just be professional? Like, why does conflict occur?
0: Yeah, Vince, you know the answer to that, but thank you for asking it anyway, because we do need to point it out that conflict is inevitable among imperfect human beings. And if you know of any imperfect human beings, other than the one that died on a cross for us a couple of thousand years ago and is coming back for us real soon, none of us are perfect. And we're all going to have moments where we're not at our best, and it just seems to happen that when two people are not at their best, if they interact with each other, look out. Or we start to form perceptions of one another. We start to form beliefs that Oh, they're, they're, they they—they never pull their weight, or oh, they're always trying to get ahead, or you know, whatever. And and we act on those perceptions. We label people, and I mean, I could go on and on, Vince, but we'd be here—we'd be here a couple of days talking about the reasons that that people get into conflict. It's just part of our human condition. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Now, now, tell us a little bit what you are doing practically when you go uh, to a client. You, you told me you're working with companies. Uh, you're working uh, with different sorts of uh, clients, right? Um, what do you do? How do you try to uh, to prevent that? To work against it? Uh, what do you usually do when you get in touch with someone?
0: Sure. And and by the way, you just used a key word. We hear a lot about conflict management, about conflict resolution. We don't hear so much about conflict prevention. What if we could stop conflict, not avoid it, not you can't avoid it, but what if you could prevent it from happening? Or as a friend of mine says, what if you could dissolve it before you even had to resolve it? So I, I've got a few different products. I've got some books that I think we'll probably talk about later. I've got a, a couple of different online courses where people can can get videos either off the shelf. They're generic for everyone. Or, I love to customize video trainings with PowerPoints using the client's logo, speaking their language, talking directly to them about, again, how to prevent or resolve conflict. So, a variety of means. I, I, I'm a, I fear that that gets confusing at times. But when I talk with a client, my goal is to figure out all right, what do they need? And do I have anything that can meet that need? And if not, can I recommend them to somebody else who maybe can meet that need better than I can?
1: Yeah, amazing. That that sounds great. Now, we have we all work with different people and different in a variety of ways, right? When when we interact with with each other at work, and um, we already said that you know conflict occurs. Now, what do we what what do we need to do? Um, can you give us some practical? Uh, you know, tips, like when we interact with each other on a daily level to really like, I, I'll use that word, word again, right? So to prevent the conflict uh, so that, that we can have this better relationship at work, right? Uh, with other people. Um, what can we do, do practically?
0: Yeah, let's, let's do that, Vince. Let's, let's give a couple of tips on how to prevent conflict. And then if you'd like to take us to how to resolve, that's fine too. But a couple of my favorites. One is push the pause button. Push the pause button. There are days that we wake up. What's that expression on the wrong side of the bed? We just we just wake up in a foul mood and we we leave the house and if we're even if we're in a good mood when we leave the house, I have to I live in New Mexico. I have to drive with New Mexican drivers. I don't know about how they are where you are, Vince. But trust me, New Mexico drivers can uh, alter your mood in a hurry. <laughs> and so I can get to work feeling uneasy, feeling distraught, feeling distressed, feeling whatever, just in a bad foul mood. And I have every right, Vince, at least as an American citizen, to bring my lousy, rotten, terrible attitude right into that workplace and infect every one of my coworkers and clients, customers, what have you. I can try to bring them down as well. I don't even have to try. My my attitude will do that. Or I can push the pause button before I turn off my vehicle or just after I turn off my vehicle. I can sit there for a moment and have an internal dialogue to the effect of, wow, this day has not started off on a great note, but I'm at work now. I'll deal with these other issues later, for right now, I'm going into a workplace where they're paying me well, they expect a certain level of performance from me, and they're going to get it. I am going to be the employee of the day. Ready. Break. Vince, if you go into work with that kind of attitude, what kind of day do you think you might have? Up, down, or neutral?
1: Yeah, definitely up.
0: Yeah, yeah. But suppose you hadn't done that. Suppose you hadn't pushed the pause button, and you barge into work, and you start griping at everybody. What kind of day? I won't even ask. (laughs) That's right. We can have more control over our moods, our attitudes, our work days if we'll push the pause button. Now, let me add for this. I know we're talking work focus, but but Vince, we have bad days at work. We can come home in a foul mood. And again, we have the right to barge into that house and bring everybody down. But why? Why would we want to do that? Why not push the pause button in the driveway that says, wow, this day is a day I hope I never have again, but I'm home now. I'm with people I love, people who love me, people I care about. I want to do my part to make this a great evening at home. Ready? Break. Do you see where I'm going with this, Vince? You're going to walk into that home. I'm home. And you know, the kids come running up, spouse comes running up, whatever. Let's have a great evening. What are we going to do together? Rather than, oh, today was a terrible day. (laughs) I mean, there's a place for that. There's a place to share. Um, But... No, choose your attitude. Push the pause button. You're going to have more happy days at work, more productive days at work. Same for at home. So that's my first tip. The second is, is perhaps, Vince, the one tip that I hear back about more than any other. It's A G I. A G I. Assume good intent. Now, Vince, I'm going to ask you a question. It's not going to be a hard question. I promise I'm not going to embarrass you, okay? Tell me me truth. Have you ever hurt, frustrated, or disappointed another human being when you really didn't mean to?
1: Yes, I did.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. If you said no, I was going to refer you to Liars Anonymous. They meet on Thursday nights at the Civic Center. That's a lie. (laughs) But we've all done that. We've all done that. So what's the chance then if somebody has just hurt, frustrated, disappointed, or offended you? Maybe they didn't mean to. But if you react, if you go, oh yeah, then you, my friend, just created the ugliness. You created the conflict and the argument, not them. They did whatever they did for whatever reasons, probably because they're hurting. At that moment, They're not at their best. But if you react in kind, the battle's on, and you cost it. So much better to assume good intent. When somebody says something you don't like, or they do something you find offensive, just pause, and in your own mind, ask yourself, wow, what's the best possible reason that he or she just did such an incredibly bonehead, hurtful, stupid, insensitive thing? And Vince, what you're going to come up with, you know, I know his kid's been in some trouble lately, or I know her mom's been real sick, or I, I, I'm not saying make excuses for bad behavior. I hope I would never say that. But life is hard. Life is hard. And people are not always going to be at their best. And if we could somehow, especially as Christians, if we could look at those opportunities as as opportunities to, to minister and and respond to the pain rather than react to the attack, oh, those could be glorious moments. I know of a guy named Ken Futch who wrote the book Give It Your Best Shot. And he has an expression when somebody says something to him that, again, he, he doesn't like. He, he's, he finds offensive, distasteful, whatever. He, he's a southerner. He's from Georgia. And so in his, his quiet southern accent, he'll respond by saying, well, well, that sounded like an attack. Is that how you meant it? Now, you don't have to do the southern accent, especially if you're not from the south. But hear those words. Somebody says something offensive, just very calmly say, Well, well, that sounded like an attack. Is, is that how you meant it? Now, don't say, Well, that sounded like an attack. Is that how you meant it? That <laughs> Them's fighting words. Just very calmly, and and what the person is probably going to do, Vince, is say, you know what? No, I'm sorry. I, uh, you know, my I'm having a bad day. I shouldn't have taken it out on you. Please forgive me. You prevented a conflict by those simple words, by assuming good intent. And know this, Vince: hurting people are going to hurt people. It, it, it's not because they want to. It's not because they're evil or sociopathic or whatever. If we're hurting, we're going to take it out on others. And it's probably going to be people who are in striking distance. Coworkers, family members, church members. Yeah, there used to be a song, You Always Hurt the Ones You Love. Well, that's why. You're around them more. And if you're not in a good mood, or if you're in a hurting mood, you're going to hurt whoever's there. So assume good intent. Pause and respond rather than just react i I promise you'll be glad you did
1: (laughs) excellent wow there's already a lot that i can take from this now now let's say there are moments in life where we just can't help but realize it happened conflict is there again and we have to face the situation we have to face the circumstance and we have to think about how can we solve conflict now we're gonna take a short break now and uh, talk about how you can actually solve conflict with with powerful tips that Ron is gonna share. So stay with us.
0: Are you looking for free and practical resources to grow your missional business? Go to hiveinternational.org/resources. For free templates, videos, presentations, and worksheets. You'll find marketing tips, sales techniques, and special advice on how to share the gospel with your customers. Just go to hiveinternational.org slash resources.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to The Hive Podcast. My name is Vincent Bourgeois, and I'm here with Ron Price, and we are talking about conflict resolution. Now, we've been talking about preventing conflict, but now we want to actually go into the very topic of conflict resolution. What can we do? Um, how can we solve conflict once it's there? Ron, what do you, what do you think we can do?
0: There's several several pointers, Vince. We'll will have time for a couple of them anyway. But one of my favorite expressions that I think I created. I don't I don't remember hearing it anywhere else. Conflict is inevitable. Damaged relationships, poor morale, low productivity. Those are all optional. Those are all optional. So if if you can handle conflict well, prevent those that can be prevented, resolve those that, as you just said, are are going to occur, then actually. Actually, Vince, conflict can be a positive thing. It can lead to better ways of working together. It can lead to stronger relationships as we learn that, we hey, we can handle our differences. It, it can be a huge positive. So let me give you a couple of tips. And again, my, my, my whole thing, Play Nice in Your Sandbox, is an acronym. So in the previous session, we covered the P and the A from the play model, which is prevent conflict. Here's the N from the NICE model, which is resolve conflict. We'll do the N in the I. How's that? The N is negotiate with, not against, the other person. Vince, if you're in a conflict with someone else, it is so easy for you to look at the other person as the problem. Why, they're this and they're that, and they're doing this or they're not doing that. Well, guess what? If you're doing that, pretty good chance that they're doing the same about you. So both parties are focused on each other. Well, then who's focused on the problem? I'll answer my own question. Nobody. So the N is to separate out, negotiate with, not against the other person. Try to look at them as an ally, not an adversary. Try to to look at them as somebody who wants to get this resolved every bit as much as you do. Try to look at them as a human being, with good points, weak points. And if you'll look at them in that perspective, in that frame of reference, it's going to have an impact on you. You're going to be more ready to listen to them, to speak courteously to them, to act in a way that's going to help you to resolve your conflict. So don't, don't look at them as the enemy. Look at them as somebody who wants to resolve it. You will treat them differently. It's also helpful, you've heard the expression to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. It's actually a Native American expression, walk a mile in somebody else's moccasins. Uh, Today we use shoes, obviously, but, but that's great advice, Vince. Get behind the other person's eyeballs. Try to see the situation, the conflict, the way they see it you know very well how you see it. You know you know exactly what you think the problem is and how it should be resolved and all. Okay, and you'll have a chance to express that, but, but really try to listen, really try to understand how they look at the situation. Walk a mile in somebody's shoes. Vince, it's great advice, because when you do that, you're then a mile away from them, and you have their shoes. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. Feel, feel free to edit out the humor if you need to. But, but on a serious note, a guy named Mark Goulston came up with this quote, and I love it. It's difficult to step on somebody's toes when you're walking in their shoes. Huh? It's difficult to step on somebody's toes when you're walking in their shoes. Doesn't mean you have to agree they're Right. Doesn't mean you have to say, oh, I guess I'm the bad person here. I'm I'm bad. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're just trying to look at them differently. Look at them as a human being with whom you have a, a disagreement. Okay. It's not the first time, won't be the last time. But look at them differently. You'll deal with them differently, and you're much more likely to reach an agreement that each party can walk away from with a firm handshake saying, oh, man, I'm glad that's done. Let's get back to work. Let's get back to our our positive, healthy relationship. N is negotiate with, not against, the other person. You like it?
1: Mm, definitely.
0: So let's go to the I then. And again, I mentioned in the previous session that the A is is the teaching that I, I hear back from most frequently. This is probably the second most. The I in my Play Nice model is interests matter not positions. Or identify key underlying interests and concerns. That's what it is. Again, Vince, when you're in a conflict with someone, and I'm picking on you because you're right here. I'd pick on anybody else who happened to be here. No problem. Again, we all have conflict. Thank you for volunteering. Um, But when you're in a conflict with someone else, you know what you want. You know how you want it resolved. And you're, you're not afraid to say, hey, I want this. Well, again, same with the other party. I want this. Well, sometimes there's not enough this and this to go around, so I'll see you in court. We have to sue each other. Here's where this concept comes in so handy. Get underneath those positions of what you want. Identify what you really want or really need, because there may be other ways, Vince. I can't give you what you say you're asking for, But I may be able to give you what you need in a different manner. Let me give you a classic illustration that happened to me, oh, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago? I don't know, but I'll never forget it. I I was called one night by a nonprofit entity who had a conflict between a manager and a key employee that had been going on for several months. And other people were starting to chime in. You know how people can be. They can start to take sides and butt into business that's none of their own. It's great sport, actually. Um, <laughs> but the, the manager and the key employee were arguing over money. The man, the employee kept asking for a raise. The manager kept saying, I can't afford it. Can't give you a raise. So they asked me to come in and do a, a mediation. and And I did. And and Vince, I didn't have to worry about the first step, negotiate with, not against. These folks were not enemies. They respected each other. They were on different sides of an issue, yes, but, but there wasn't really personal hostility and bitterness. So I focused on this second area. And early on in our session together, I turned to the key employee and I asked her what had to be the dumbest question I don't know about she'd ever heard, but had heard in quite a while. I asked her, why do you want to raise? Now, if we had a live audience, Vince, I'd ask people to raise their hands if they would not like to be paid more money for doing what they're already doing. Come on, we'd all all like a raise. But I asked her, why do you want to raise? And listen to her answer. What she told us was that she had been working at this establishment. It was, again, a nonprofit entity. She had been working there significantly longer than most all of her co-workers. She had more education than most of her co-workers. She had more experience in the field with which they, they related because she had worked other places in years past. But she wasn't being paid much more money Than her co-workers who didn't have her time on the job, didn't have her education, didn't have her experience in the field. Vince, do you want to argue with you? Do you want to think she's wrong for asking for a raise? No. No, I don't either. And neither did the manager. The manager said, you know what? I hear you. Now, had she tried to tell him that in the past? I don't know. Had she told him in the right way? I don't know. Had she told him and he just didn't listen? I don't know. I don't care. He heard her that day, and he said to her, I understand where you're coming from now. I see your point, but I still can't give you a raise. There's just not, the money is not there. He said, but what I can do, now that I know what your need is, what your goal is, I can reduce your work week by five hours a week and still pay you the same amount of money. Mm. Vince, did she get a raise? <laughs> oh, yeah. She did, didn't she? We'd have to know how much she was making before, divide by 40, and then divide that amount by 35. And But it gave her that gap. It gave her that prestige. It gave her that recognition that she was a more valuable employee Than her co workers. It was never about the money. Can I say that again for emphasis? It was never about the money. But because she kept saying, I want to raise, I want to raise, I want to raise, they were stuck. So identify the key underlying interests and concerns. Find out what each person really needs to resolve this matter. And you may find there are a multitude of ways to resolve it that didn't appear at at first.
1: That's very practical and it's very um yeah, very close to to, to, to the to the reality what we're facing, you know, every day as as workers, uh, whether that's owning a an Adventist business, uh, you know, working in one uh or working just in another, any business actually, right? Um, or just dealing with with uh loved ones outside of work. Now that's that's really great. I I wanted to ask you at the end um when we look at productivity in the workplace, sometimes I feel like that's been my personal experience too when we have lots of conflict coming up, it it really prevents us from working professionally and also productively uh effectively and um and 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 that's that's a problem. Now, what would you advise? How can we become more productive at the workplace in general?
0: That's a great great question. And by the way, I'm sure you're going to give out my contact information. Let me do it now, too. Ron at ronprice.com. If people have an individual particular situation that they want to discuss, send me an email. We'll figure out a time to get together. Ron at ronprice.com. But one of my favorite teachings, I, I keep saying that. i Every one of my teachings is a, a favorite teaching. <laughs> but the RBA, the relational bank account, I got certified in the Covey Seven Habits of Highly Effective People program several years ago, and he has a concept called the emotional bank account. With their permission, I have taken that and adjusted it to the relationship bank account. Vince, with everyone in your life that you have a a relationship with, you have a bank account with them. Now, not total strangers, not the clerk at Walmart, Unless they are a a relative or a close friend. But you know what I'm saying? Coworkers, family members, church members, you have a relational bank account. And you can either make deposits or you can make withdrawals in that relationship bank account. If you're making deposits on a frequent and regular basis, targeted investments, I should say, deposits, you can expect that relationship to, to thrive, to be healthy and satisfying, and gratifying, and so forth. If you're making withdrawals on a regular or frequent basis, well, hello, you can expect that to, that relationship to turn south. I shouldn't use that expression, turn south. It may be offensive to those who are from the southern part of our country to go in a negative direction. But you know what I'm talking about. But we don't pay attention sometimes. We just put our relationships on autopilot, so here's my challenge. Tomorrow at work, or the next day you're at work, think of two or three employees that you can make a deposit in your relationship bank account. Go into work every day with the goal of making three relationship deposits. It Can be just a kind word. It can be coming along to offer assistance. It can be recognition for, for an achievement. It can be it can be asking about their family. It can be anything that the other person would consider a deposit. Now that's that's key too. You know, if if you're a hockey fan and and you offer somebody a, a ticket to the hockey game and they can't stand hockey, well that's that's not a deposit. It may be well intended, but 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 try to make the deposits from their perspective. What would they like to receive from you? I also challenge people, you, you you might be aware of some withdrawals that you're making, but if not, be brave. If there's somebody that you, your relationship is not as strong and healthy as you would like it to be, be brave and ask them. Share this concept of the relational bank account. Tell them what you're trying to do, that, that you want to come to work making more deposits, and ask them, hey, are there withdrawals that you're aware of that, that I need to be aware of? And listen to what they say. You don't have to agree with them. Maybe just their perspective. But it might be good information. And Vince, can you imagine a workplace where everybody's coming to work focused on making more deposits and fewer withdrawals? What a workplace that could become, huh?
1: Wow. Excellent. Now... How can we get in touch with you if we want to learn more about this very important topic? We just had brief moments here today to talk about it, but um, can you share some of the books that you've been writing, um, some of the content that you've been putting out? Uh, how can we get in touch with you?
0: My website is undergoing transformation, so I'm leery to send people there, but it'll be it'll be healthy in a few a few periods of time. I don't know how long, but my website is ronprice.com. My email is ron at ronprice.com. Some might say that's egotistical. No, it's just easy to remember. <laughs> I also have the domain Ron at playniceinyoursandbox.com. I have Ron at productiveoutcomes.com because that's the name of my business. I just thought I'd go easy on folks. Ron at RonPrice.com is, is simple to remember. And again, I can't I can't take days and days and days to visit, but you know what? Get a hold of me. We'll set up a time, but I have I have my books play nice in your sandbox at work. Play nice in your sandbox at home. Play nice in your sandbox at church, which I think is a stupid title. I shouldn't think we need a book telling Christians they ought to, how to get along and that they ought to get along and how to do it. I thought the Bible already did that pretty well, but oh well. Uh, but I also have a course. I have a, a 60 60 module video course called CPR Mastery conflict prevention and resolution. Three modules. The first module, by the way, is Porcupine Skunks Customers and Coworkers. How to deal with difficult people and difficult situations. The other two models are on preventing conflict, resolving conflict. I can also customize. I can put together video presentations, either live or recorded, for any specific entity. And I love to talk to people about doing that. So, Ron at RonPrice.com. We'll pick a time. We'll get together. We'll see how I can serve.
1: Oh, and uh, speaking about pushing the pause button, we at Hive are taking some weeks off as well. Not because we're angry, not because we don't want to work, but because we're preparing season two of the Hive podcast. Now, you can get in touch with Ron. You can also get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your feedback, your concerns, your questions. And you'll find all the links and contact details in the show notes below. So just write us. Let us know what you think. And also make sure to join our missional business newsletter. Just go on our website and I'll notify you once we're back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> My name is Vincent Boujour and you've been listening to The Hive Podcast. God bless you and see you soon.